The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Atlantic Files, the number one podcast and the number one division in the NBA, brought to you by the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. Joined by your host, myself, Alex Fishbein, my guy, Mike Bash. What's going on today, Mike? Not much. How are you? It's uh, always good to talk sports, talk basketball, so everything's all good here. Yeah, man, I completely agree with you on that one. It is a uh, nice start to the week. Still got some playoff basketball going on. Suns Clippers still going on. Bucks and Hawks. Um, But we have some other things to talk about. And we got a pretty good list. So uh, to jump on in, well, actually, to give a brief overview of what we're going to look at, we got Jason Kidd as the head coach in Dallas. We got Chauncey Billups now as the head coach in Portland. Uh, Ime Udoka as the head coach in Boston. And then we have a bunch of things of what we're going to see after all those things have happened, such as what's going to happen with Dame, what's going to happen with Kyrie, what should the Knicks do with Julius Randle? What's going on with all the Ben Simmons trade talks? So let's jump in first. Ime Udoka, now the head coach of Boston. Brad Stevens, that's his first hiring as the front office lead in Boston there. So what do you, what, what do you make of this signing? Do you think they should have went with somebody else? Do you think they should have you know, went with the the trailblazing move and hiring one of the women candidates. What's your thoughts on it? Well, going down the Spurs uh, coaching tree, I guess to say, or the Spurs, uh, you know, bloodline is never a bad idea. Now you could have went with Becky Hammond, but Ime Udoka played for, played for Popovich, played, I believe with Tim Duncan and all those guys, you know, Ginobili and Parker. Um, he was with the Nets under Steve Nash. Uh, I don't remember if he was with the Nets before Steve Nash, but I couldn't tell you what he did as the assistant coach because it's not like football where there's – I mean, I guess Mike D'Antoni would be like the offense coordinator, but it's not as clear-cut. Um, right. Just going based on pedigree, based on his experiences, I think it's a good hire. Uh, he seems like a smart guy. seems like a guy who knows what he's doing. And we all give Brad, Brad Stevens a de- uh, benefit of the doubt, you know, ever since his days of Butler using saber matrix, you know, using a saber metrics guy on staff and analytics and everything. So I think that Ime Udoka is going to be like an extension of Brad Stevens almost, at least in terms of like the system that they're going to play, the way they're going to use analytics and basketball and everything. So I think it's a smart hire. I think it's a, I don't want to, it's hard to say it's a safe hire with a rookie head coach, but I think it was, more conservative, I think, yeah, if they went Becky Hammond, that might have been more, you know, high risk, high reward, and it might have been like the splashy move, and somebody eventually is going to be the organization to hire Becky Hammond, whether it's next year, two years from now, she's going to get a head coaching head coaching job one day, um, but I'm fine with the Ime Udoka hire. I think it was a good hire, and I think it'll it'll prove to be decent. It's it's not the coaching that's holding them back. It's the lack of a second true star besides Jason Tatum. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I don't think – I mean, especially because Brad Stevens is still 
a good coach. I think he was getting a lot of like kind of bad press and a bad rep from the Celtics fans due to some rotations and like kind of some of the things he did with the team this year. But to be fair, the team this year had a lot of injury issues. They didn't really have a true center other than Robert Williams, at least not a true center that could actually bring any kind of value. And Jalen Brown. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I own Robert Williams in the Atlantic Files Dynasty League. Let's not let's not uh, let's not talk down on the Time Lord like that. I'm not going to let that slide. No, I, I'm saying other than Robert Williams. Okay, I just want to make the rest of the clear. Sentence. We're not we're not disrespecting the Time Lord. <laughs> and I I even feel bad because the other centers on there include Taco Fall, but Taco doesn't even get in. Yeah, he's but, Taco Fall. Exactly, um, but like. There was a lot of circumstances surrounding this season that I just think just didn't work out for Boston in general. And I think it was kind of unfair that a lot of people pin that on Brad Stevens. Um, Even, I mean, Jalen Brown had one of the best seasons of his career this year. And then he went down with an injury late in the season and in the playoffs wasn't even there. So on top of the whole thing with Kemba, like one game just – Oh, knee issues, can't play the next game, plays 15, next game plays the whole thing. They had no idea like what they were really going to get. And especially when you had Marcus Smart thinking he was Steph Curry all of a sudden just starting to jack up threes out of nowhere. Um, So it just I, – I like the hire. I like trying out a new coach. The I think the thing in the NBA that kind of annoys me the most is recycling some of the same old coaches that go nowhere. Like, okay, if the coach makes the finals and they don't win and they get another shot, that's one thing. But, you know, somebody like Steve Clifford, like why is he continuing to get all these jobs with these rebuilding teams and he doesn't take them anywhere? Yeah, so I agree with that. I, I, yeah, I, I like the hire. I think it. I think it'll turn out to be okay, as long as there's some roster movement to go along with it. Yeah, um, I think the whole like Celtics last decade or not even last decade, last like six years, kind of just been like bad karma for ripping off Billy King. You know, they <laughs> they get Jason Tatum, great. Jalen Brown, okay, fine. Like, they got their pieces from that trade. But then they held that third pick, um, which I don't – I think it ended up being, like, Romeo Langford or something. Like, they kept so, holding yeah. that pick. They kept holding that pick. Like, they could have tra- traded it for – somebody was on the Kings that people were talking about, like Boogie or something. Or they could have traded it for – you know, insert any star and they never, they never wanted to give it up. And, you know, they had Isaiah Thomas have an MVP year. And then what happens? Like his, you know, he has the tragedy with his sister dying and then he hurts his hip. I think it was right. Mm -hmm. So like all of a sudden, like he had this MVP year, it comes to the playoffs. He has to deal with an emotional, you know, situation that was obviously going to be hard for anyone. Then you have to deal with the physical situation with his hip that, went bad on him and it, it was like all right this maybe next year then what happens they trade Kemble or Isaiah Thomas for Kyrie Irving and Kyrie Irving was mentally unstable as he's shown to be in Brooklyn <laughs> and he didn't get along with Jason Tatum he didn't get along with Brad Stevens and he never showed you know never played in the playoffs 
And then they move on to Kemba Walker and Kemba Walker. Everyone's like, all right, he'll be a good fit. He'll be, he's not a, you know, a selfish guy. He's a good player. He's a good team guy. And he wasn't healthy. And we, and then also like, we're always waiting for Boston. Like I remember a couple of years ago when we thought Boston was like going to be the number one team in the league. And we just yep. kept waiting and waiting and waiting. We're like, all right, they're going to put it together. They're going to put it together. And they just never did. Um, I do think they had Aaron Baines go off against your Sixers one year in the playoffs. So they always had that going for them. Every time. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, it's just been like, yeah, it's almost been like bad karma. Like every time they get close, something happens. And I don't know where they go from here. because They're out of those top picks that they were getting. Uh, and I don't know what they could do in terms of cap space. Oh, and then obviously I forgot to say the Gordon Hayward injury they dealt with and game yep. one into his tenure in Boston. So it's tough. It's uh, it's hard to be like, you know, where do they go from here? Do they, do they go all in, they trade picks to acquire another star or do they take a step back, you know, and reevaluate and see what they do and how they could build around Tatum. I, I I don't know if Tatum is a championship level player. And what I mean by that is, okay. I don't know. I don't know if he's going to become LeBron or KD or Curry or, you know, uh, Dwayne Wade. Like, I don't know if he's going to go into that upper echelon hall of fame status. Everyone, you know, he's 23 years old and can score with the best of them, but can he help make others better? Can he, play both sides of the floor effectively he's close but that last step is is the biggest step of them all and I I just don't know if he'll ascend to that last level that he needs to to really take the Celtics to a championship level team yeah I mean it's definitely still up in the air and like you were saying they had so much especially with that year that they brought in Hayward and Kyrie that was like supposed to be that year that they were going to run the table and everything. And Hey, we're going down Kyrie missing a ton of time, but then even still in the playoffs, that was when like, um, I think that was Tatum's rookie. It was either his rookie or sophomore year. And that was when he like dunked on LeBron and everything. And like, there was a ton of hype around him and Jalen Brown and, just the young guys on the team. Cause especially that was when Terry Rozier was going off on the bench. Um, Marcus smart was still like one of the best guard defenders in the league at that point. So there was a lot of reason to be excited about that team. And then, like you said, all those things started happening. They couldn't sustain anything because of all the injuries, because of all the issues going on. And it was funny to me because they kind of just went from, issue point guard to issue point guard because like you were saying uh isaiah i mean that was all not under his control at all um going through that tough time getting traded Kyrie coming in kind of just going back and forth mentally with him um and even some injuries on top of that and then kemba which when they traded for him knew that his knee wasn't great and they didn't know how long his knee was going to hold up um at that point it's kind of like when do you stop trading for somebody that might hold on for you instead of just like getting a surefire thing like they had the chance to trade for anthony davis 
Um, but like you said, there was there was pieces they weren't willing to give up. They weren't willing to give up Marcus Smart for the longest time either. But now, after seeing Marcus Smart, the whole fan base is like, why haven't we traded this guy? And like like you said, uh, Boogie at one point was was a big target of theirs. There was a lot of very good big men that they were trying to target for a long time because the best big man they've had probably since their big three with Kevin Garnett has been Al Horford. So yeah, well, they brought him back. Yeah. Which, which I do like that move because Al Horford loves Boston. Boston loves him. He's a good veteran leader for some of the guys there. And they got Moses Brown out of that, who I actually do really like him as well. I was having to talk about Moses Brown with one of the guys in our, for to bring over our fantasy league. He owns Moses mm-hmm. Brown. He's like, Oh, Moses Brown. Like, I feel like Moses Brown, I, to be fair, I haven't watched a lot of Moses Brown tape or anything, but is, is he really like a good player or was he putting up empty stats in Oklahoma City where they weren't really trying to win and, okay, he's 21 or 23 years old. Let's just let him run out there and see what he does. And there's a right. difference between, you know, putting up – like Trey Young in years past, right? Trey Young will put up 35 and 10 on a nightly basis, but they weren't winning. So it's empty stats. You know, he's chucking up threes. He's putting up, you know, 29, 29 a night, but they're not winning. So who cares? They're just letting them go out there and score. Now they're the four seed. Now they're on this, you know, on the doorstep of an NBA finals appearance. Those stats mean something, but is Moses Brown really a good piece or was he just a product of playing on a team that was tanking with Shy Gilgis Alexander? Yeah, no, I mean, that's a completely fair question. And to be honest, like, there's plenty I mean, Chris of Humphrey's stuff. Chris Humphrey's put up a double-double on a tanking Nets team. So. <laughs> that's true. I mean, hey, you had, like, just with the tanking Sixers, you had people like uh, Michael Carter-Williams win Rookie of the Year and never be Henry, heard from again. Henry Sims. At Henry Sims. I mean, there's the list goes on with a lot of the tanking teams. And the thing to me about Moses Brown is I feel like to me, his floor right now is already what Tristan Thompson was giving the Celtics. Like at this point, I'm not saying like young Tristan Thompson that was, you know, playing with LeBron in Cleveland. Cause he, he actually still gave you some value, especially on the rebounding end of things. Um, not much on offense, but Hey, you, you get what you get. Um, so, I, I, I mean, I do think that there's still – his floor still gives you some value on a good team. Do I think he's going to be the starter? Probably not, especially with Horford now back and Robert Williams showing how good he could be as long as he stays healthy. Um, but all in all, I mean – I do like to just circle back. I do like the coaching hire. I like um, so far with Stevens in uh, in the front office. I like. I feel like this move he made for Horford and Moses by trading Kemba and a pick. Um, I forget if it was a pick or two picks, but um, it was. It was I feel like 16. it. it was pick That's sixteen right. and Kemba. Or pick right. eighteen somewhere in I feel like it was kind of like a neutral move. Like essentially, I feel like you were, um, you know, I don't think Moses Brown is a, or Al Horford is a star player is a cap dump. That's why they gave him the first pick. Exactly. And I I feel like you're essentially just saying, 
you're essentially just hoping that Moses Brown gives you the value of the 18th pick. I feel like that's essentially what it came down to. So for his first move, I I don't mind it for his first coaching hire. I think you really got to wait on that, especially since he's a rookie head coach, you got to wait and see what happens. So all in all, I mean, I don't mind his move so far. So Let's take that into let, let's go to Brooklyn since we actually touched on Kyrie a couple times here. Do you think Brooklyn is going to trade Kyrie this offseason? And if not, do you think they'll trade him at all in the future? No, not even a chance, not even a slight chance. It doesn't even need words to be said. Nope, <laughs> we're not trading Gary. Uh, I guess even, there's a chance. Even if, I mean, even it, if it, Portland offers Damian Lillard for Kyrie. I mean, you took the words out of my mouth. I mean, if Dame wants okay. to come to Brooklyn and they want to do an even swap, sure. But, I mean, what 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 trade? The Nets, the Nets are not trading Kyrie Irving. Unless you're getting Cat, Dame, Jokic, which is not going to happen. Um Wait, I was going to say Vucevic, but that's probably too low on the totem pole. You know, if you're getting like eight in cat, uh, Embiid, like you're getting one of these centers that's not 30 years old and, you know, in an even one-for-one deal, sure, then it's fine. But otherwise, we're not trading Kyrie. There's no reason to trade Kyrie to, you know, Sacramento for De'Aaron Fox and Marvin Bagley or something, you know. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm just out a random trade. But there, there's no reason for that. I've seen a couple people on ESPN and like Yahoo and stuff talk about Kyrie for Ben Simmons. I wouldn't do that. Okay. Uh, ben, Simmons they, be, ben Simmons is going to be on the Shanghai Sharks in a year. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't be surprised, but. Or like the team that Lamilla Ball owns in Australia. Oh yeah, the the Hawks or whatever they are down. That would be actually ironic if you went to the Hawks, <laughs> the but Eeyore, just the Australian Hawks. <laughs> yeah, Eora Hawks or something. I, I forgot what the name is. Yeah, but um, it it surprised me that all these analysts were saying that both teams would win a trade that was Ben Simmons for Kyrie, because. I mean, don't get me wrong, like Ben Simmons distributing the ball to Harden and Kevin Durant would be great for Durant and Harden. However, any team that he's on until he learns to finally shoot the ball is going to be playing four on five on offense. So, I mean, yeah, Ben Simmons will be that lockdown defender for for the Nets if he was on there that could guard the best player on the other team. But if they use Ben Simmons and Nick Claxton role, then maybe. But fine. Yeah, but it could. Yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely questionable to me that Brooklyn would win, quote unquote, win that trade by getting Ben Simmons. I mean, other than the fact that he's young and could grow, but I also don't maybe like the they, fit of Kyrie with Embiid. Right-handed shooter. What was that? Maybe if Brooklyn changes him to a right-handed shooter. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> But I, I, I don't even I don't even really like the fit of Kyrie and Embiid, to be honest. What? But because the main thing is Embiid is also going to need to to 
unlock his fuller potential, you still need a guy who distributes very well for Embiid. Because so him, I oh, I would much rather have Harden than Kyrie. Okay. Yeah. Like someone who can still get buckets, but also distribute. Like especially even like a Chris Paul. Like Chris Paul and Embiid, I would take over Kyrie and Embiid. What about uh what about uh I don't know. Pat Beverly. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> who but, is it? Yeah. Um, we were talking about the other, I was talking about one of my friends. Uh, Russell Westbrook goes. Pat Beverly doesn't actually play basketball. He just gets a he just gets cardio. He's fooling you guys. Maybe John <laughs> Wall. Maybe get John Wall in uh John Wall in Philly. But the thing is John Wall, Christian Wood, and or or John Wall and the second pick in the draft for uh, Ben Simmons and um, the rights to Furkman Korkmaz. <laughs> I but the only thing is, I don't trust John Wall health wise. True, especially over the last few years. And I the thing is, if Simmons was even willing to shoot, he essentially is just a bigger John Wall. John Wall can shoot a little bit. Well, that's what I mean. If Simmons could actually shoot a little. Well, if Simmons can shoot a little, he becomes the second, you know, the greatest player to ever live. But, but, I, but so a lot of people say like, oh, if Simmons could shoot a little, he'd be LeBron. But LeBron has even gotten better and better and better at three-point shooting along with every other thing on the floor. Simmons still has no moves, if we're being honest. He literally has fast breaks. He has a little spin in the post and he does this thing where he goes for a hook shot, but kind of just laser beams it at the rim. So he's basically, if, if he can shoot, he becomes Giannis. Pretty much. I actually made that comparison on here last year, I think, <laughs> or to the start of this season. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, either way Ben Simmons still has a long ways to go but going back to Kyrie I don't think the Nets would trade him especially because like if he doesn't get hurt I think they definitely win that series against Milwaukee I I, like I don't even think there's I don't even think it goes seven that probably goes six I agree so with Brooklyn it's kind of like okay we got unlucky. Uh, Harden got hurt as well for like a second time with his hamstring, and he wasn't even 100% in that series. KD showed he can stay healthy, well, relatively healthy, um, after his Achilles tear. And so I think you do take the risk of running it back and seeing if everyone can stay healthy, especially with the fact that the next year's schedule isn't as jam packed and shortened and crazy as this year's schedule. Yeah. I, I think you got a point there and this, yeah, it's, it's a shame with all the injuries that we've dealt with in the playoffs, right? Trey young going down um, Kyrie and even Harden and there's like I feel like didn't like Donovan Mitchell get hurt or something or no I'm sorry Kawhi yeah. Leonard got hurt in a way like yep I feel like the, whoever wins this year is yeah they're a true champion but it's like we got robbed of a the last two years between the bubble and all the injuries in the compact season we just got robbed right 
No, I completely agree. And it and it really looks like the finals are going to come down to Phoenix versus Milwaukee, who are the two healthiest teams. They're the only war ones of that haven't had a major injury. So it's a war of attrition. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I don't see the Nets trading Kyrie either. So keeping it in the Atlantic, should the Knicks re-sign Julius Randle? Or should they do a sign and trade? Should they go a different way? What do you think they're going to do with it? So, when it comes to Julius Randle, if the Knicks don't sign him, I think they have two max spots. Mm-hmm. And if they can bring Kawhi and I don't know who's another free agent in this class, but if they could bring two guys to New York like Brooklyn did with Kyrie and KD, then, then you got to do it. But I don't know, is is there a second guy in this class? Like Kawhi is like an if he opts out situation. Um, Giannis already resigned. So Anthony Davis, I guess, is the other guy. So if they could get Kawhi and AD to come to New York, then you do it. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think if, yeah. if AD was going to leave the Lakers, he'd go to Chicago, where he's from. And I don't think right. Kawhi wants anything to do with the Knicks, uh, even though his like uncles from South Orange, New Jersey, or something. That's what I heard. So I think what if you're the Knicks, you sign Julius Randle, but you don't lock him into a five-year deal. You don't give him the super max. You don't give him the max deal. If you can get him to a three-year, ninety million dollar deal, or three-year, twenty or seventy-five million, whatever the number works out to. You do it, it gives you some flexibility. It gives you, you know, you reward him for his good play, but you, you don't sink your team in the Julius Randle. Um, but it, it, they're in a tough spot because I don't think they can land the two big free agents like other teams have in the past. But I want to, speaking about the Knicks, what do you think of mm-hmm. FIBA Frank? Do you hear the new nickname for French Frank? It's now FIBA Frank. I did not hear that one. It's all they have videos of him, you know, taking wide open pull up jumpers in, uh, in uh, practice for the French national team. And, <laughs> and the Knicks fans are turning that into he's going to be the French Michael Jordan. Oh my God. I, if there's anything I've learned from off season videos of taking wide open threes a la Ben Simmons, it means absolutely nothing. <laughs> but I've always had this like, and for for no good reason, always had this weird confidence that Frank would turn out to be a at least rotational player in the NBA. And while he has been in in and out of the Knicks rotation, like he hasn't exactly proven that just yet. But he couldn't be any worse than like Alfred Payton was for them this year, and. The thing with the the thing that I actually think helps the Knicks is I don't think when we go back to Julius Randle, I don't think any other team would be willing to sign Julius Randle to a max. I agree. Even even the bad teams, I don't think they would be willing to. I agree. I think he's one of those guys who it's it's like we haven't seen enough. We want to see it again. And then by the time we do see it again, he's kind of past the age of signing a guy to a supermax. So he's going to be one of those guys that'll sign big contracts, 
he, I feel like he'll be like a, a better version of Otto Porter, not in terms of play style, but in terms of contract style. Like he's, right. he'll have a good season. He'll get rewarded with $40 million, you know, $25 million a year, but he's never going to get that like $200 million deal. Right. Exactly. And because you have to be like first, you have to be like an all NBA player to get that anyway. And I don't think he got all NBA. I could be wrong, but, or maybe he got like third team. I think he might've got third team. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, but yeah, yeah, especially, so, especially with the fact that RJ Barrett for the Knicks stepped up a lot in his second year. I mean, his percentages were much better than last year. Maple Jordan. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm, I'm honestly pretty excited to see him play for Canada and Canada looks actually pretty, pretty damn good this year. If only they had Jamal Murray. Yeah, seriously. Um, but oh, if they if only they had Jamal Murray and Gilgis Alexander, they'd be they'd be even scarier. Gilgis Alexander's Canadian. Yep. Oh. He said he wasn't going to play to heal his uh, plantar fasciitis. I think he had. Um, did you see but, that uh, Jokic isn't playing for Serbia? I did not see that. Why is he not playing? He's taking uh, the, he's taking the he's skipping the Olympics. Oh, wow. Like, okay. He's like a, he's considered like a, you know, <clears throat> he's considered like a traitor to the Serbians. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, I understand why they would be mad, especially after he just won an MVP in the NBA. Um, but his payday is coming from the NBA, not from the Olympics. Yeah. <laughs> um, but at the same point, so they have RJ Barrett, who, uh, really upgraded his into his sophomore year. He had like his percentages were better. His offense looked better. Even his defense looked better. Um, and I think, you know, when the Knicks actually get, and we've been saying this for the longest time, when they actually get a true point guard, that will unlock a lot of things for New York. I mean, we even saw just with Derek Rose, some of the things that the Knicks could do and you pre- they pretty much depended on Derrick Rose to win them a series against Atlanta in the first round a past his prime Derrick Rose who still played pretty well but not the guy who's going to lead a team to a playoff series win and so honestly if if they get a big name free agent I don't think that's going to be until next offseason I agree I don't think they're so, in the position to get one this year. And I don't, like I said, I don't think there's really one to get. I mean, Kawhi, yeah, but I don't think he's going there. Exactly. And I think if there's any kind of big name free agent they would want to get, I think it would be a point guard. So I would wait until that comes available at some point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I, we both agree they should re sign him, but just, try not to re-sign him anywhere close to the max um and so that brings me to we talked we touched on this a little about Kyrie for Ben Simmons and so on and so forth one team that has come out as like the one who wants him the most Minnesota apparently very badly wants to trade for Ben Simmons would now would they be giving up D'Angelo Russell that is a good question. I haven't seen what they are and are not willing to part with. 
I, I think Joel Russell would be the perfect fit alongside Joel Embiid. And I think I said that like two years ago. That yeah. those two would be a good fit together. The problem is I don't know I don't know what Minnesota is doing. You have Pat, I don't you have Russell, you have Edwards, you got three good young players together. But they're like every year they suck. I know. Because um, they have no defense. Yeah, I don't even know what, what pick in the draft do they have this year. They don't have a top pick, um, do they? That is a good question. Culver hasn't been as advertised. Um, Malik Beasley's a solid talent. Malik Beasley's good, but again, he's in a scorer, not an offensive player. Yeah. Not, not a defensive player. Um, yeah, like defensive-wise, they just have – been pretty terrible uh they do not have one because their pick goes to golden state golden state yep for number seven yeah in the andrew wiggins deal um but so i threw together something in the trade machine i don't know if it's gonna work but again it's minnesota and i have no idea what their plan even is and so in this made-up trade i have Ben Simmons, Shake Milton, Gary you Clark, and Ray. What? You love Shake Milton. Oh, I do. I, I hope they don't have to give him up in a trade, but in this scenario, they are giving him up. Um, Simmons, Gary Clark, Shake Milton, Ray John Tucker, and this year's first round pick for D'Lo, Beasley, and Nas Reed. Then. You get Nas Reed as the backup center to Embiid, which they always have needed a backup stretch five for Embiid. So you don't have to re-sign Dwight Howard if you don't want to. Um, You get Beasley, another offensive talent. You get D'Lo, the good fit with Embiid. You still keep your other defensive pieces, such as Thibel, and you keep your point guard of the future in Tyrese Maxey. I don't know if Minnesota's going to do yeah, it. I only like that deal because that means Dwight Howard's coming to Brooklyn. <laughs> I mean, last last episode you back, said he could have helped. Back to Brooklyn. Back to Brooklyn. Exactly. Where he spent five minutes. <laughs> I think it was like six hours, but you know. <laughs> I think he got off the plane, signed the buyout, and left. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I don't know if Minnesota would was do he that. Was the Lakers to... last year when they won the championship? Yep. Yeah, he was won he, a ring. He was rocking 39, right? Yeah. Just 3 and 9 equals 12. Yeah. You saw him <laughs> sitting courtside at the Hawks game. Oh, yeah. A bunch of Sixers fans were mad about that. I'm like, why do you care? Like Exactly. He's at he's at a game where the Sixers are out of the playoffs. Nobody cares. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. um if I if I made that deal as the Sixers, I would feel like that's a win for you to get I agree. You gotta get three out of younger players. And getting so, out of Simmons. Yeah, and getting out of Simmons. Um D was actually the guy I wanted them to draft back then in the first place, but they ended up with Jaleel Okafor in that draft. Uh so I mean, bringing him back, him with Embiid would be great. I mean, D'Lo, his play style is much like that of James Harden, but just obviously not that level. Um, And then after that, 
I mean, keeping Seth Curry would be big. Danny Green said he wants to re-sign there as well. So you get you keep the two shooters that you had. Uh, and then it comes down to if you want to re-sign some of like the fringe guys, like if you want to re-sign Korkmaz, um, and then if there are any other shooters out there that you would want to sign, I mean, that's pretty where you're, pretty much where you're going to go is start looking for more 3 and D guys to throw in there. You guys then, want Joe Harris? <laughs> we'll trade you... Uh, thigh bowl for Joe Harris? Definitely not thigh bowl. <laughs> we'll trade you Isaiah Joe. No, thank you. <laughs> um, but yeah, so... Like you said, I don't really know what Minnesota's doing. I feel like, honestly, them plus, like, Sacramento are the two teams that have not been trying to tank, but have been essentially tanking for, like, close to two decades. <laughs> so I have no idea what's going on in either city. Minnesota hasn't been good since Kevin Garnett left. Exactly. And that was early 2000s, like 2003, 2000. No, it was like 2006. I think they were like a playoff team a few years ago with Jimmy Butler, but that's better. Well, that was the first time they made the playoffs since Kevin Garnett. <laughs> exactly. exactly. But, no, it's but not yeah, good. So, they're like the, uh, they're like the, um, I can't think of it right now. There's a team that, like, I just saw that, like, has been, like, this and then they like came up like this for like two years and then they went back down. I just can't think of it. Orlando? <laughs> no, no, I don't even think it's an NBA team. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Um, but anyway, let's just take a look at real quick the two other head coaching hires. So we have Jason Kidd in Dallas and we have Chauncey Billups in Portland. Which one of these do you like more and which one do you think is going to work out the best? Well, I think the Billups hire is causing a little bit of a stir between Damian Lillard, the front office. He wanted Kid, but Kid had the whole like domestic violence thing or something in 1997. So like they backed off because of that. And then Kid is in Dallas now, right? You said. Yep. Yep. So if Damian Lillard's fine with Billups and that works out, then I think that that'll work out fine. Kid, I think. I think Kid and Luca is a good match. I think Kid will get the most out of Luca. I worry about what the deal is with Porzingis and I think Luca. Luca and Dame are in the same spot. They're great individual players. Right. They need another guy with them. CJ McCollum is good, but CJ McCollum is not. CJ McCollum is not what Chris Middleton has shown to be right now in in Milwaukee, right? Right. Christos Porzingis is not what John Collins is in Atlanta or, mm-hmm. you know, um, DeAndre in is in, in, in Phoenix. I know you hate John Collins, but he put Joel Embiid in the chokehold and the, I'm all on John Collins. I'm a huge John Collins fan here. Um, so I think that assuming they don't trade Damian Lillard, I think the Portland, Portland made the bet. I think Dallas made the better hire, but I think Portland will work out the best. Okay. So I am actually going to, I I think Dallas made the better hire and it's going to work out the best just because. So 
I I really like the fit of Kid and Luca, like you said. And I also think that Kid. So there's been a bunch of stories coming out about how like oh. You know, other players might not want to play for Luca, especially with the whole him and Porzingis thing happening and Porzingis complaining about a whole lot of stuff. And it like for some reason, a lot of media people start have started to say that like Luca's hard to play with. He's hard to be a teammate with and stuff like that. Um, and I think Jason Kidd is going to be able to kind of keep an ego in check as well, just because I feel like Kidd is one of those when he was playing and now as a coach is one of those guys is just like, he's not going to put up with that kind of thing. Um, and it kind of, it was kind of annoying to me that Dame was not about playing for Chauncey Billups, at least like not as it shows right now, because Chauncey Billups was one of like, the top point guards in the league during throughout his prime. I mean, the man's name is Mr. Big Shot for a reason too. He also has a ring to his name. I mean, Chauncey Billups, I think is a very smart basketball mind that could be really beneficial for this team, especially since their whole thing is, is centered around guard play. Chauncey Billups is one of the next best guys you could get after Jason Kidd, if that's really who Dame wanted. Um, and to me, it's like, if, if Chauncey Billups isn't the guy you want, then who are you demanding a trade to? Especially because the only couple teams that are left that like, well, I won't say that are left, but the only couple teams that are like really rumored to be pushing for a trade for Dame are Philly and New Orleans. Yeah. And Dame seems all of Portland. I could see him going to New Orleans, but I guess they would have to give up Ingram. I mean, like they're not going to give up Zion. Uh, no. They give up Ingram and Ball. I mean, isn't is Lonzo a free agent? Uh, I think he might have one more year on his deal, but the rumor right now is that New Orleans is offering three firsts and Ingram. I mean, I don't know if New Orleans with Dame is any closer than Portland right now to getting a championship. So if I'm Dame, I don't want to go to New Orleans. Right. And they don't um, even have a coach right now because they got rid of Van Gundy. And what was the other team you said? Philly. So it's Doc Rivers. Philly would be his best landing spot, but I don't know. I don't know if either will happen. It's tough. I I don't think he'll demand a trade. I think he'll he's loyal to Portland, and I don't think Bills was a bad hire. Um, if they would have hired some like random like you know JV Bickerstaff, and I'm just using his name because he was always a yeah. funny guy to hire in 2K12 or whatever year he was in <laughs> coach's pool. Um, right. You know. I, I, I think it'll work out. I think he'll stay, and I don't think we're going to have a major shakeup this year. But it is the NBA, and everything. I think we might have a major shakeup in Philly, but I don't think other than that, I, you know, I'm, I wouldn't be. I don't think I, Dame's going anywhere. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I mean, why, why leave a situation that is pretty close to working out for one you don't know if it's going to work out or not? I mean, because it always, it always has felt like Portland's been like either 
a different coach or one piece here or there to working out, especially now that they have Norman Powell and, you know, if Nurkic stays healthy, things like that. One thing rolls your way and Portland's probably in like the Western conference finals. So there's a lot that can be done. If any, if anyone's traded to me, I think in Portland, it's going to be CJ rather than Dame. And I think that's what's going to happen. I can see that too, but I, I, it's hard to gauge right now. I don't know what they're. Tra- I don't know what CJ's trade value is. I've heard. I've I've seen rumors of like CJ for Ben Simmons, but if I'm Portland, do I do that? I, you know, I, it's weird. Like I, I'd be, I'd be very wary, very weary to send Pen, Ben Simmons to a team with a ball dominant player already. Right. No, I agree, and that I don't think like CJ for Ben really does anything for either team um because i don't think cj's the guy that's going to answer the the questions in in philly either um even though i love i love cj i love his game and everything but i think you know cj if you're portland if you can trade cj for somebody like uh i don't know just some some wing player that might be available um i think that's your your best bet especially if it's like a second or third option on a team right now um i think that's like the best the best move you could probably make for cj i can't think of anybody off the top of my head right now but that would that would be your your best move available yeah i agree yeah but that is it for us if you guys liked the episode, please share this with one friend and also drop us a rating and review. We appreciate that very much. Helps us get out to everybody. Make sure you subscribe everywhere you get your podcasts. We are the Atlantic Files, the number one podcast on the number one division in the NBA, brought to you by the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll catch you guys next week. Peace. Peace.